The readings today, um, both especially the first reading and the gospel today, um, seem to give the message that it's more important how we finish than how we start. In other words, the whole Bible, the whole story of salvation is about God's mercy, his long-suffering, his patience with us, and even his pursuit of us, that when we have run from him in our sin, he wants us to turn back, that it doesn't so much matter to him what's happened in the past, but he wants us to say yes now, so that how we end is by coming back to him, receiving his mercy, receiving his love, and finally living in communion with him. And so, in our own lives of faith, it's about how in the long run have I used my freedom? This gospel today comes right after Jesus' authority has been questioned, and um, I don't know why I feel so nervous. My parents are in the crowd today. <laughs> so Christ's authority has been questioned, and they say, how do you teach like this? Who gives you this authority? And Jesus replies by saying, was John the Baptist's preaching from God or from man? And the Pharisees won't answer the question, because they're afraid if they say from man, then the people who believed in John will... Um, will reject them. But if they say it's from God, then, well, John has pointed to to Jesus. So how is it that um, you are not following me as well? How do you question my authority if if John, who said, Behold the Lamb of God, has said, I'm the Lord? Um, And so Jesus says, You have to make me the center of your life. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So it's it's a question of then, have I turned my life over to him? And what he says is that it doesn't so much, much matter that these tax collectors and these prostitutes have not lived the will of God because when the mercy of God came to them, they changed. They answered the call. But you, who have seen all these wonders, you've seen who I am, you still say, who are you to tell me what to do? Who are you to claim that you deserve to be the center of my life? I would venture to say, if you're sitting here today, you've probably had some experience of that, where the Lord has come with authority into your life, and you've recognized that apart from him, I'm lost. Apart from him, I really can't do anything. And so the best move here is to give my life to him. But even though you say yes, there's some no in that yes, because you recognize the cost. You recognize that if I say yes, this is going to cost me something. In the letter of the Philippians, Paul says, um, you have to have the same mind as Christ, which means um, you have to humbly put others before yourself. You have to imitate him in his self-emptying. That even though he was equal to God, Jesus, the Son, takes the form of a slave and gives himself completely away in love. And I know for my part, there were lots of starts and stops along the way. As I, I was enthralled by Christ and his love for me, the beauty of, of the life of discipleship and wanting to be a saint, I just came up to these walls where it's like, you're really going to ask me to do that? That's how much it costs to follow you? And so I would kind of be like the son who said, yeah, yeah, yeah Lord, I'll follow you. I'll, I'll go work in the vineyard. But then you're like, eh, maybe not today, maybe tomorrow. And you put it off and you put it off. But the graces in the moment when you say, I'm sorry, no, I should go. I I should answer this call. Not to be confident that like, oh yes, I've said yes to the Lord. Um, 
but not actually go, but to recognize that it's okay. Maybe I wasn't ready at that moment, but God's mercy, thank God, is present for me, and I can go now. And so it's not the end of the world that we make these resolutions and fall back. That happened to me constantly in college. Um, I'd go to like a focus conference or be in a Bible study and hear something that really shook me. I was like, yeah. Or I'd go make a good confession. I'm like, I'm not going to do that stuff again. I'm going to live my faith like I really mean it. And then a week later, I'm like, meh, whatever. But the important thing is that to persevere through those things, to turn back to him, to accept his mercy. And to recognize, too, that it's really important the way we end. That's what he cares about. Because until we arrive at sainthood, at heaven, whatever that's going to look like in your particular life, every yes that you give to Christ is going to have some no mixed in there. Because you don't even know yet what he's calling you to do. How he's calling you to imitate him. How he's calling you to empty your life for the sake of others. And so you can't fully right now say yes. Only the Blessed Mother could really, because she had this immaculate, pure heart, with no knowledge exactly of what it was going to cost her to say yes to God's will, could totally assent. And Jesus, of course, the Word made flesh, does that on the cross for us. He, he goes ahead of us and says, despite the cost, I say yes completely to the Father. And we who participate in his life are part of his body, have the grace of that yes, but we're also still sinners. We're also still human beings with limited knowledge. I'll finish with this story. Um, St. Brendan the Navigator is this Irish monk in the uh, 5th and 6th century. And he was kind of the, one of the apostles of Ireland who evangelized the island. And he was pretty adept at navigating the sea. He went, he'd gone to Scotland and Britain and a couple islands right off the coast of, of Ireland. But he kept feeling this call to really set sail, to go out into the Atlantic Ocean, and all they had was these little fishing boats, these little sail, like the, what the apostles sailed on the Sea of Galilee with. Not something that was really ocean-worthy, worthy of the huge waves and, and such of, of the Atlantic. But he kept feeling this call that God was um, telling him to set sail, whatever that was for. You know, the, the, there's lots of legend and folklore about St. Brendan um, in the Irish history what he was looking for, there were some people that thought maybe he's, he found North America or you know, Iceland or the Canary Islands in Spain or um, whether he'd sailed north or south. But he just, what ended up happening was he convinced some monks to actually get in this boat with him and, so, and set sail. And they saw all sorts of wonders and insane things. And the folklore and the hagiography is kind of mixed in with, with the truth. But he was a real historical figure. And not long ago, somebody tried to um, simulate his journey with a small boat and go out and see if you could actually make it on the Atlantic Ocean. Um, and there were things in the, in the legend, like he'd seen fish as big as islands, you know, and crazy stuff like you'd read in the Old Testament. And um, sure enough, this guy had like huge whales uh, swimming and surfacing right by his uh, boat. Now, if you didn't know the earth was round or had never heard of anybody sailing out into the middle of the ocean and you saw a whale right next to your little fishing boat, you might think that's an island that's also a fish, you know. So whatever this was, this man had incredible trust in the call, almost like Abraham leaving Ur of the Chaldeans, like just going out because God has asked him to. And there's a beautiful prayer of St. Brandon before he left. He was supposed to have um, knelt on the beach with his, his brother monks before they set sail and he this prayer is handed on to us. 
Shall I abandon, O king of mysteries, the soft comforts of home? Shall I turn back on my native land and turn my face towards the sea? Shall I put myself wholly at your mercy, without silver, without a horse, without fame, without honor? Shall I throw myself wholly upon you, without sword and shield, without food and drink, without a bed to lie on? Shall I say farewell to my beautiful land, placing myself under your yoke? Shall I pour out my heart to you, confessing my manifold sins and begging forgiveness, tears streaming down my cheeks? Shall I leave the prints of my knees on the sandy beach, a record of my final prayer in my native land? Shall I then suffer every kind of wound that the sea can inflict? Shall I take my tiny boat across the wide sparkling ocean? O King of the glorious heaven, shall I go of my own choice upon the sea? O Christ, will you help me on the wild waves? This, I would offer, is a metaphor for all of our lives. That we can stay in our native land in the comfort and the, in the safety, or we can venture out with Christ. And even if part of us says, nah, I'd rather stay at home at least for a little while, we aren't able to say yes right away, to not silence that call in our hearts, that deep desire to be on an adventure with the Lord, not to stay trying to find ourselves in home, at home and finally lose ourselves, but to find ourselves by giving ourselves away. And the only way to do that is to learn to trust. St. Brendan did not just go overnight out onto the sea, trusting that God would be with him. Little by little, invested in the life of faith by trusting in God through little decisions, small decisions, small journeys. And then over time, had built up this trust in God that if he's been for me there before, he will be there for me in the future. And so I can set out to go work in his vineyard, whatever may come, whatever it might cost, to, to give my life away as Christ has given his life to me. I will choose to do it because it's the only way to life.